Hi Tom, hi Steve, ich wünsche euch eine tolle Show. Vielleicht kann ich bald meinen Senf dazugeben. Welcome, everybody, to Masters of Profundication. I'm Tom Witham. I'm Steve Piles. And we've and risen from the grave. <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't think it's been a year, though. Like, our schedule, let's be honest, has been about one a year. And I don't think, I think it's been less than a year, so we're doing good. I was just going with the Easter theme. Oh, geez. No, I suppress <laughs> all references to religion in my life, so. <laughs> oh, I mean, we've risen from the grave. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. Yes, I'm, we're so glad that you've been waiting, checking your phone and your podcast feed daily to see when we get updated. And then you saw this one and you're like, yes, finally. Yeah, the, the two of you that are listening. <laughs> That's all it takes. Actually. It's an audience. We, had, we have more than two. Wow. It's, close, it's closer to three. Uh, but anyway, what's different with you? I thought you were about to say, like, a special third name that I was going to be like, ooh, who's this? <laughs> What's happening? We had, at our peak, we had uh, just over 100 people downloading on the first day of our podcast dropping. So that's an audience, right? Didn't, there was a, we, we were able to see who was, like, subscribing. And I remember there was this one guy who, when you clicked on him, you could see what else he subscribed to. And he subscribed to everything that had the word master in it. Like, yeah, all his podcast list were something with master this, master that, and I either thought this is a guy that wants to learn how to do things, or really <laughs> likes his niche. You yes, know what I mean? yeah. I'm pretty sure we can say masturbation on this podcast. <laughs> I wasn't gonna. I wasn't thinking masturbation. I was thinking like S and M, like no. put some chains on me, Danny. Yeah, <laughs> he likes everything with master. Yeah, he's um, learning. He's like. One by one. Okay, this doesn't work. Okay, this doesn't work. <laughs> uh, There was a word. Somebody said it once. It was ma- master, <laughs> master something. See, I master, really got to get to the bottom of that. Master a p- pound? That's pretty close, yeah. yeah. Pound masters. Pound. Welcome, everybody, to Pound Masters. <laughs> I'm your host, S&M Freak. <laughs> Leather Daddy. <laughs> well, I have a new microphone. Well, I almost didn't have an old microphone, so I... Guess that balances out. You have a new computer. That's true. I do. So how does it sound? My new computer or the microphone? You pick. Because my new computer does talk to me. I was going to hide that, but I guess <laughs> since you let the cat out of the bag, yes, I, I got an AI computer. Oh. And it is now telling me what to do. And I'm pretty sure in a week or two, I'll be ready to take over the world. But ah. So basically, you, you have a wife computer, and it's just <laughs> telling you what to do. How many wives pushed their husbands to take over the world, though? I mean, come on. All right, let's count. One, two, <laughs> three. Three. Wait, oh, wait, we're, never mind that. We're not just counting for the fun of counting. Okay, I got you. No. Ah, no. ah, ah. Uh, so what, si- what type of attachments do you have your freaking computer? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was trying. Anyway, so. Uh, oh, if only they could have seen my smile. 
So have they changed the voice? Like your computer talks to you? Is it does it do you have it talk to you like a sultry British accent? No, that's my GPS. I always make sure my GPS is the female British accent GPS. Because if you're gonna get told where to go by a you know angry woman, at least have it be classy. <laughs> Why is it angry? Because it always angry. Turn left here. I said turn left here. What the fuck is wrong with you, you stupid American? What kind of GPS do you have <laughs> that gets mad at you? Jeez, my GPS gets mad at me. My computer tells me what to do. I'm just dystopia. It's all dystopia. That's right. So, um, yeah, I mean, those are the new things that are going on with me. I have new equipment. You have new equipment. Together, we have new equipment. Have you seen? I'm, I'm dead serious, and I don't know why I've seen this, but you can get a robot like uh you know what, what do they call those flashlights that has an app and i guess if you like watch porn you can sync it or some bullshit hold on let me write this down what <laughs> i'm just asking for a friend yeah no i don't <laughs> rem- I, I saw it somewhere where would you get something like that and how oh, much would it cost i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure the first group you got it for free so you could test it tell us if this thing squeezed your dick off yes or no <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't want to be in the control group for something like that. <laughs> but maybe now it's receiving it. shocks. <laughs> As you can Does see. Does the teeth attachment do something for you, yes or no? The the lights just went out in my bunker. It's on a timer. <laughs> Stood too it, still. I well, no, it's it's just right there and I could just reach if I weren't lazy. I could just reach over there and just turn it on, but I don't want to. So, this is way cooler. No, this is I, yeah, that's Yeah, I'm in like the, a hacker. <laughs> yeah. If only the, my computer would make certain sounds when I was typing. <laughs> because that's uh, the sounds the computers make. Uh, pl- the movie just caught up with the fact that I shut down the server. Well, so for anybody that is just tuning in, uh, actually, no, we just tuned in. <laughs> we had quite a conversation before we started the podcast, <laughs> so I suppose nobody would have been tuning in for that. Anyway. Or if they uh, were, holy crap, you're great. Our conversation previous to the episode starting was that I'm sitting in the bunker watching Alien. Which is a movie. No, I like, seriously, anybody that's um, a dedicated fan, this is not the first time this has happened. No. Remember I like when you to, were in the, uh, the dorm? Indeed. Back when we thought COVID was going to be a two-week thing and then be done. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like, it was I'll just, I'll just ride it out in this dorm room. But we did a podcast and we had Aliens play. I'm going to put it back on. That's how dedicated I am. And Good. I'm going to start it from the beginning. That is dedicated. Oh, you know you what's interesting? the cat. Well, that's just BS. It wants me to rent or buy it. Folks, I own this movie <laughs> like thrice over. Uh, it's on Amazon for free. I'm almost positive. It's not. It's for rent now. It may have been like last month or whatever, but. Did I rent it? Because I know I just watched it a few weeks on Amazon. Huh. So I'm going to have to find yeah, something else to watch. Go ahead. What? Hmm? I'm going to make a confession. I am all in on those Korean shows on Netflix. I can't get enough of those things. Like Squid Games? Squid Game was like the open the floodgates for me. I've watched so many of those freaking Korean shows. Isn't there a movie about people being able to, like, they go to, have they after they die, they try and... I remember seeing a commercial. I... I have to confess that I am not into the Korean. I've watched the first episode of Squid Games. Is it Squid Game or Squid Games? Does it matter? Singular. But I also don't think it matters now. Oh. 
It probably answers somebody that's very angry right now. You know who you are. Uh, yeah, I've, I haven't watched any of it. And what's the what's the allure? Like what? Because they're actually really well written. Every single one I've watched has been compelling, with good characterization and strong connections. Uh, what they call a character web. You know, this character interacts with this character in this way, and that one does this one in this way. Mm-hmm. And I don't. God, I, I say this. I'm, I'm going to say it. I want to make a disclaimer because I'm not as big a knuckle dragger as this is going to make me sound. But uh, I can watch it and not have to worry about being preached at, you know? Um, yeah, but you have to read. Eh, <laughs> Speaking of uh, being a knuckle dragger, uh, I come from a long line of knuckle draggers, as a matter of fact. So you tough them up. I, okay, I'm, I'm going to watch Die Hard, by the way. That's gonna that's gonna run in the it's not no, but uh, I want to say very close proximity time frame. I'm pretty sure Die Hard was '88. <clears throat> oh, and there I'm it good. goes. You're not watching no, shit good. now. You're breaking everything. <laughs> I didn't break. <laughs> uh, did you know that Die Hard is a remake? Yeah, I feel like I did. I did. Yeah, know did we talk about it? Did we have a whole episode where we talked about it? Because if so, I my memory is just shot. But if, if it, yeah, sure. Let, we flip a coin. Maybe we did. Maybe we didn't. I have no idea. Diehard fans of I the do, podcast will know. I do remember you saying at one point in my life that it was kind of sort of meant for. Uh, uh, oh yeah, it was one of the trivia questions. I think I did a trivia question. Who was it? The singer. Yeah, oh, the singer. Okay. The singer. The Indeed, it was a singer. And I cannot remember his name. Oh my God, the Rat Pack. I don't yes. remember everything about him except for his name. This is the <laughs> weirdest brain fart I've ever had. <laughs> you start naming some members of the Rat Pack. <laughs> it's Sammy Davis Jr. It was Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> Not Sammy Davis Jr., but he was part of the Rat Pack. That's true. <clears throat> Not Dean Martin. It wasn't Dean Martin. It was Barbara Streisand. No, Frank Steven Sinatra. Spielberg. Oh, Sinatra, Blue Eyes. Yes. Blue Eyes and Hell. Yep. And uh, that was so weird. How did I forget that? <laughs> What's the name of the guy in, in Die Hard? What is it? Frank Sinatra. <laughs> in another uh, world. Bruce, no, Bruce Willis uh, was like the absolute last pick. Yeah. They wanted the everybody. Him. Yep. They wanted Sylvester Stallone. They wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger. Anyway. There's a thing on Netflix called uh, The Movies That Made Us, like yes. a little docu-series. Yeah. I watched that. that uh, yeah. Oh, was yeah. Die Hard on that? Because yeah. I've watched a handful of them. Oh, yeah. they Yeah. Die Hard, Aliens was on that. That was a good one. Yeah, we that watched one Dirty, of those. Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. That was on there. Did you watch it? I did. I actually watched it for the first time like a month or two ago. Oh, cool. It was one of those like, okay, at some point I got to just hit this cultural touchstone because how did I miss this movie? And you know what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Miss this movie? Did you, have you never, you've I never have never seen, seen it. I saw it for the first time like a month ago or like a month and a half ago, something like that. For the first time in my life. I it am, is I'm flabbergasted. April 17th, 2022. And I saw Dirty Dancing for the first time in like February. Did you have the time of your life? No, well, it was like the wind. That's for sure. Well, she's like the wind. Anyway. <laughs> Wow, that's it, amazing. I, 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 I thought it. everybody in the world movie. had seen it. Well, I was you enjoyed it. It's a good movie. What's that? Of course you enjoyed it. It's a good movie. Well, it had all kinds of stuff about abortion, so I was riveted. <laughs> Nobody puts big corners. There's never enough abortion in movies anymore. I mean, jeez. Um, it's in every movie I see now. I can't <laughs> even get away from it. 
Well, when you peruse the library and use abortion as a keyword. <laughs> oh. That's where your problem is. I do get movies at the library. <laughs> does anybody else out there get movies at the library? I knew you could. Does that count? Yeah, it does. Anyway, I have been thinking long and hard. About abortion? No, I'm actually going to leave that pause in there. No, I've been thinking long and hard about uh, donating my DBs to the library. It's I don't want to do it, but I want to do it. No, I take that back. I want to do it, but I don't want to do it. Has this library done something wonderful for you? Yes, it has. It's My children have enjoyed going there and taking out books. Going to the library is a wonderful experience. If you haven't done it since you were a kid, you need to go to the library. There, I got books on tape, technically CD. Isn't that weird that we call them books on tape still? <laughs> <laughs> and they're, it's just basic, basic digital material. I mean, we still say rewind. We still say film. You know, it's just the way things have to be. Mm-hmm. Although I have forced myself to stop saying book on tape because I feel weird anytime I did. I listen to a book on tape and then somebody gets me funny like, well, you know, audiobook. Well, yeah, I have a 12-part a compact disc book on tape that I have to listen to in the next two weeks. Or or my library is going to come after me. Have to. Well, yeah, you have to read it or listen to it or else the library will come after you. I got to imagine in this day and age, you should be able to like renew it again online yeah. or some bullshit, right? Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> I've, I've had I just read. took a stab in the dark. I could be a librarian tomorrow. <laughs> There was actually a pretty cool series on TV. Uh, I think it was called The Librarians, and it was... Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Noah... What's the guy's name from ER? Was it not... Wiley. Noah Wiley? Noah Wiley. Yeah. I mean, was, yeah, he was in ER, but he was also in Donnie Darko, so it's, you know, prior... Well, he was also in The Librarians, which is a ah, yes. badass librarian. A big red. Uh, anyway, if you have not gone to the library as an adult in a very long time you need to go you know it's funny i actually agree with you like i was i people had told me like a guy at work told me was like oh yeah go to the lot like almost every library around has stuff like game nights and crap like that like different things that go on i'm like oh, that'd be kind of cool yeah it's a great social atmosphere to go and find hot naughty librarians mm-hmm. naughty librarian elves yeah that was my like the guy that walks into the library and says where can i get some hot pussy around here and the librarian says, sir, this is a library. And so he goes, where can I get some hot pussy around here? <laughs> That's good. Yeah. little joke to start the show. You know, when Steve tuned in, I was playing some Contra for any purists out there. And I absolutely recognized the music. He did, immediately. 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 I wonder if it'll get us shut down if we have some music playing. Contra music? They got to really be paying attention. Yeah. Anybody else hear that? See, that always tells me that you just started playing and you have the beginning opening weapon. Yeah, I've uh, I did the code to get the thirty lives, and I don't. When I do that, I don't give a crap about anything. I just I actually have way more fun this way. There's no stress. <laughs> get the spread. Uh, that guy just tossed a grenade my way. That was a foolish mistake. One of my favorite things to do in this game, well, other than die, is I like getting <laughs> caught the electricity and have it go. Because you know that the character on screen, grenade, look out. You know, he's having a good time. <clears throat> they really need to work on the, the security here in this facility because <laughs> any... No, no, they got it, they got it down. <laughs> here, get a gun, run at these guys, just run. Just run no, at these guys. <laughs> and, yeah, and hey, you, Mr. Grenade Thrower, just hop around a little bit. Just, uh, 
just hop around. Yeah, what's what's with that defensive posture? The guy, I don't know if you remember, but the guy just hopping across the screen. Yeah. Terrible. Oof. What I want to know is who's sending all the power-ups just flying? Uh, that's my Are they friends. trying to get it away? Are they trying to get it away from the player? Like, oh, God, he's going to storm the base. we got to get rid of these power-ups. Let's put them on, like, jetpacks and send them across the, across the sky. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. Right after this level. <laughs> so, edge of my seat. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry. I no, can, just, I I can do that all night. It. I can picture I can, it, like, what's <laughs> happening. I can seriously see her do that the rest of the and for anybody that uh, has just tuned in to listen to me play Contra. There you go. Congrats. It's my contribution to the... I'm actually... <clears throat> contribution! <laughs> that was that was pure gold. Yeah. Uh, ooh, that would be some pure of the gold. names that are on the uh, screen. Bruce Gefeller. That's great. One of the guys' names. G-F-E-L-L-E-R. That's... So when... Uh, when uh, John McClane walks into Nakatomi Plaza and he's looking for Holly Gennaro because she's using her uh, maiden name, he goes through that touchscreen list of names. All right. And one of the names is Gefeller, G-F-E-L-L-E-R. He's a good feller. <laughs> That's what they were doing. That's what they were going for. All right. So I imagine people tuned in to listen to us banter back and forth for an hour. But did you have... Uh, something that you wanted to talk about today well i did like it seems very um on the nose at the times we live in which maybe why i thought of it but i thought about having a scholarly discussion ah. where we make like we peel the layers away from prequels and sequels Mm-hmm. boom there you go prequels and sequels because we are goddamn swimming in peak prequels and sequels these days. Yes. That is the almost sum total of popular entertainment is we're going to slap this thing on something that people already like and they'll like it more, right? Well, my favorite uh, franchise has both prequels and sequels. Harry Potter. Serbian film. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't have a sequel yet, but you're working on it, right? <laughs> yeah, working on the sequel. I got Murder. a video camera it's and called... Will took. It's called Murder Boner. <laughs> uh, anyway, so it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, I've been uh, looking for the Harry Potter prequel books, which, well, I, so remember once upon a time, every movie that came out had a novelization. Oh, yeah. So they have uh, extrapolated these movies, the prequels to Harry Potter, which are fantastic beasts and where to find them or something like that which is based on a series of books within the books for yeah, Harry Potter. reads was it newt's commander's book and then they make these prequels out of it that's how it goes right right but th- there's more than just the fantastic beast there's um like a history of quidditch there's some bard's tale oh and there's another one it's there's somebody that's screaming at the radio right now because <laughs> I, I don't know I, it's listen this is the list this is yeah. more than that one and now there's one. like there's four mini books that jk rowling wrote that from the book and then they created this movie franchise it's a trilogy for crying out loud based on mm-hmm. one of those little short stories i actually got it from the library for my daughter to read saturday 
It's like a reverse segue. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's a teeny tiny little book. It's yeah. seriously like small. She look, I'm not gonna poo-poo. She you know, she made all the money in the world. But she also ran out of ideas. She did. And which uh, actually is part of what I was going to that's, that's so weird looking. Sorry. That part of what I just was gonna discuss was okay. the creativity dream. Well, bring it on. All right. Well, let's uh if you remember our last podcast, I brought I don't I do I not remember it at all. <laughs> if anybody remembers if somebody's listening to these sequentially, this is gonna be like, Oh yeah, totally. But for <laughs> I, I, I dropped a term called Death of the Author. So the whole thing is Death of the Author is the birth of the audience. And the idea is it's it's kind of a wide spectrum thing, but pre, uh, part of what we're you know talking about how it applies to that is when a person writes something or you know it's, if it's music, if it's a movie, if it's a book, if it's whatever, creates something and puts it out there for consumption for an audience, they have lost control. They have lost their say in it. It's out. It's done. And now metaphysically, metaphorically, the author is dead. The audience now has awoken, has been born, and they get to say what is it, what it is. This is my interpretation. This is what I, what I got of it. This is what I like, what I don't like. This is what I think the subtext is, what I think the blah, blah, blah. That's what the idea is. So nobody knows this better than George Lucas. Yes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Who right? was basically murdered after episode one came out. But that came out, I want to say like at the same time as the internet started to get big for yeah that was those types of things timing yeah <laughs> yeah it was like not only could people voice their opinion they could also get it frothed up a little bit by other people voicing their opinion and validating them and the then, echo chambers were being born right exactly so i wonder if there was anybody who lost control of their medium that's not the right word but who lost control of their uh, stuff previous to the internet. Do you think that this is like a, an internet phenomenon? I mean, my gut says that can't be true. That's got, it has to have happened, you know, through a grassroots campaign. Somebody's like, no, this thing sucks. And I'm going to make sure everybody knows it. I'm going to print flyers in a newsletter or something. All right. Well, let's talk about alien aliens and alien three. Cause I okay, think that's so, all yeah. right. So I think that that would be, prior to the internet um or at least widespread internet um you have alien which was a fantastic movie and then they came out with i say they i mean the powers that be came out with aliens and it was a home run and then alien 3 came out and it was a turd right and so sorry well at that point what did we rely on word of mouth fangoria magazine or (laughs) sci-fi you know magazine but you really if you didn't like it you could basically just talk about it with your friends and you know maybe watch the siskel and ebert that's what i was gonna say you had critics too you had like your siskel and eberts but you also had like you know magazine and newspaper critics talking about doing reviews and talking right but so siskel and ebert could could have a tv show and say alien 3 is a steaming pile of dog shit and you could like from your from your living room, you could talk to the TV and be like, yeah, right. I know. <laughs> but that was it. Like you you weren't you couldn't write back to Siskel and Ebert. I suppose you could. But 
you weren't. No, you get like a bullhorn on your roof. Don't watch you <laughs> through. But there was no immediate gratification for having something in common with somebody else that did it. Just like. And somebody whipping a beer bottle at your head and you dodging it. That could be immediate gratification. I suppose. Get the fuck off it. So I'm just, I'm thinking that maybe it still existed, but. I, I wonder, probably not. Something like a sci-fi convention. And I mean, I know they were around. I don't know if they're the phenomenons they are today. But you could get, you know, you could get stuff like that where, you know, your Alien 3 or what have you drops. Everybody's like, what the fuck? And then next year's sci-fi convention, everybody gets together and just is like, what the hell was that? Blah, 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 Yeah, so that's true. But I think that people that go to those things are more there to talk about the things they enjoy, not the things they don't enjoy. Which uh, angry nerds, I don't know. That's a angry nerds existed from the jump. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I I just well, okay. I, this is what I always come back to when I think about that stuff. And this might shock you, but it's a Simpsons episode. <laughs> oh. The episode where they introduced Poochie to to jump up ratings for the Itchy and Scratchy show. Okay. So Homer does the voice for Poochie, and then the, some woman does the voice for Gene Scratchy. They're taking questions from the audience, and one of the audience members says, uh, in this episode, Itchy plays Scratchy's ribs like a xylophone, and he hits one rib twice, but it produces two separate notes. Can anybody explain that fuck off? You know, somebody must have gotten fired for it. They didn't say fuck off, but you know what I mean. And that's, and that's what I keep thinking about, that angry nerds. Like, Simpsons didn't invent that. Like, they lampoon stuff. They didn't invent... I mean, yeah, back range of time travel, but still, they didn't, they didn't invent <laughs> that. They lampooned it. So that angry nerd thing, that was probably a staple of sci-fi conventions. People yeah. probably gave William Shatner so much crap over the years, you know, stuff like that. For his album where he sings? Anything, everything. Just, I mean, not even his personal life. Just, uh, this one episode, you can see the stage hand opening the door. What's up with that, man? I don't like that at all. You know? <laughs> Takes me right out of it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I suppose. So what you're saying that as soon as something becomes popular enough to be mass consumed, the author loses control of it. Right. And that very often, I'm not going to be bold enough to say most times, but very often does not sit well with the author at all. <laughs> Do you think that it is more with sequels or prequels versus a one off? Well, here's my uh, here's my supposition. I will pose this question to you, or this idea to you. Okay. All prequels are sequels. <clears throat> yes. And this is this is mine. I didn't read this somewhere. I came up with this on my own. I'm proud of it. I like it. I think it's very <laughs> profound. Well, yeah, of course. Like they have uh, things in mind that they want to write about and film and and do those types of things that continue the story in a way. Mm-hmm. even though it happened before. So I would agree that they're, they're sequels in the same way the content. Yeah, I mean, if you consider a sequel as just being more story, then by itself, yeah, definitely a prequel is more story. So it falls in the same category. But I always feel like a prequel is, it's still a continuation. Like, I'm watch, if I'm going to watch this um, Game of Thrones prequel that they're making, I'm going to sit down... And I feel like I, I'm not going to be anywhere near alone in this. And even though I hate myself for it, I'm going to start looking for all the references to the original that I'm going to ever see that I can that I can spot. Oh, this is where this thing happened that led to the other thing that was on screen. 
this is where that thing happened. This is where it set up that. And then if the prequel is successful enough as a TV show, you're going to watch it and you're going to wait to the end. And then you're going to keep your fingers crossed to see how, not if, how they're going to tie it into the original. What guest spot, what flash forward, what, you know, okay, we went through this whole stuff prequel. Now, 30 years later, here we are. Like, I just I haven't been watching it, but uh, Better Call Saul, mm-hmm. I guess, is going into its last season. And I've, I've already seen that uh, Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul are going to reprise their roles for like the last episode. Because it's a prequel. Because it's a prequel, but at its heart, it's still a sequel. And we want to see a little more. Because as an audience, we're all morons. <laughs> We well, are. Okay. Yeah, I I'm gonna argue that because we're not morons. I think a prequel Okay, everybody sequel... but you. Everybody's a moron but Tom with him. Okay, I got you. <laughs> I will defend <laughs> the honor of the listening audience. No, I think uh it fills in the gaps, right? So we all have gaps in our mind of like I suppose there are people that watch a movie or read a story and then they're all done with it and they can stop thinking about it and move on or you know a good story or a good book a good movie will have you thinking about well what happened here and what happened there and how did person a get to place b and you know mm-hmm. there there are gaps that need to be filled in or should be filled in or maybe they don't need to be if you've uh-huh. ever seen if you've ever seen the movie rubber if anybody that, is really curious that's really about because that. That's, that, that's a great movie because it's all gas. <laughs> You're just like, I don't know what's happening, so I'm going to start thinking everything I think in the world is going on. <laughs> I think everybody should just stop the podcast and go oh, watch God. Rubber. It is Watch uh, or Do yourself a favor. High on the list. We should so, publish a list of movies that are masters of profundication-friendly movies. <clears throat> that would be in the top five for me. Rubber. Uh, don't say Serbian that? film. That, that's a, that's its own list. That's its, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's Let's just say that that's top twenty. Yeah. There you go. Why am I primer? Primer. Yeah. So I'm thinking less moron and more curious at heart. Okay. I'll I'll walk it back a little bit just so I don't alienate everybody. Come up <laughs> with the elitist prick. The the elitist prick that I actually am. We're not all morons. We're all just hopeful. Sure. In in a good story being told probably doesn't need those gaps filled in a hundred percent or per se or i'm i'm saying that if a movie if i've kind of thrown my brain into the wind and just said okay i'm going to suspend disbelief and now all of a sudden i live in a world where batman exists Mm -hmm. i'm going to want to know things about that world and the more that they can throw at me that's familiar the easier it's going to be. That's why the Batman, the Dark Knight is such a good movie because, you know, halfway through that movie, you're like, well, Jesus, it's a man running around in a bat costume, but it could happen. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. Like that's the thing. You're like, everything yeah, in the is, right circumstances, it's going to happen. Right. I mean, it exists in the world that I exist in. So I'm all in. And that's what makes a good movie for me. But I would like to know some of the things that fill in the gaps and, and okay, it's well, not exclusive to science fiction or comic book movies or any of that stuff. Dramas, obviously, Better Call Saul is, a, would say, maybe a thriller. I, I don't know how to classify that, but it's not a straight-up drama. But there's a, a wildly popular TV show uh, called This Is Us, uh, and it's 
it's really, really clever. I'm, I haven't watched an episode. I just kind of know what it's about. And it jumps all over the place from past to present. Um, like the dad, like the father was killed and the mother remarried and you meet them as a family, as grownups. And then it rewinds time and you, you get to find out how they ended up where they ended up and stuff. And it's kind of the way they jump around is very clever, but it's a prequel sequel all in like every episode. See, I would disagree with that because that is a planned narrative, like time skip. Like it, for me, that'd be like saying I'm watching a movie and at the 45 minute mark, we get a big flashback. I'm not going to count that flashback as a prequel. I, that's part of the planned narrative, you know? Well, okay. But it like a sequel might be part of the planned narrative or, you know, they, well, they might say like, uh, let's just say Lord <clears throat> of the Rings. Those is that a trilogy? Is the is that one yeah, movie see, that okay. has sequels? You got a good point. Like I guess I should define my term by sequel and obviously prequel. I don't mean like planned uh, part like a, a trilogy. So you know, I don't, yes, I guess technically by definition, uh, Empire Strikes Back is a sequel to New Hope. But I those are planned. It's you can uh, you can also make the argument that <clears throat> it's one long movie. You know, it, this is. A, B, and C, this is the way it's going to go. Not that we should go there. Part of the problem with the sequels was that they weren't planned. You know, that they right. did one movie, they didn't do the other two. They okay, so the prequel was a cash grab. The prequel was a yep. toy manufacturer screwing up a contract, and George Lucas could all of, could all of a sudden make money again. Mm-hmm. That's what the prequel was. If anybody wants to say it's something other than that, you know, that's almost every prequel. That's the thing. You you would be hard. There's always examples, but you're hard pressed to point to any prequels, especially modern era, that are not just cold hearted cash grabs. Like we know the audience is going to be there. We're going to put it out. We're going to get it. Look at what's happening right now. You got, like I said, this Game of Thrones thing, even though everybody in the world hated that last season, mm-hmm. they're still popular enough that they know people are going to watch this prequel series coming out. And then there's a prequel series of uh, Lord of the Rings coming out. There's uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi coming out. <clears throat> there's just prequels after prequels after prequels. <coughs> Jesus. And uh, Jesus was a prequel. Jesus was a, uh, it depends on who you talk to. <laughs> <laughs> well, looks like the flies are flying out of your mouth. Plague. I can't. I don't yeah. know what's going on right now. My boy. Hold on a second. Go, go grab a beer. Yeah, yeah. I will regale the audience. <laughs> I will refute you while you're nowhere near the computer, so you cannot answer. You can only hear me on your wireless headphones, but your microphone is just sitting there. <laughs> For anybody listening, Steve has vacated his seat in the forest and uh has gone to choke to death and that's what you get for making fun of star wars suck it <laughs> fucking george lucas was listening he's yeah, always right. listening yeah him and elon musk are finger on the button <clears throat> you don't fuck with walt disney just just the two of them yeah the hell so, no, I, uh, anyways. you were saying how wrong you were about prequels oh cash grabs so, <laughs> cash grabs obi-wan so, okay. kenobi Looping this around to what I was originally saying about the death of the author. There's a reason I said that. I wasn't just mumbling and rambling like I usually do. Yeah, it kind of was. Anyways, (laughs) 
So when you have, I'm just going to use Star Wars because we can't do an episode where we don't talk about Star Wars. Just we're right. going to roll into the skin here. Uh, <laughs> when you had the worldwide absolute phenomena that was the original trilogy, of course it was. I mean, from the 80s on, people kept talking about, "Ooh, he's going to make." He said, "He said he's going to make a prequel." He's going to said he's going to make a prequel, and he did because <clears throat> because of Greedo. And we talked about this last podcast too. And you know what I'm going to say about Han Shaw first. Han Shaw first. George Lucas is this was him. Go fuck yourselves. Han did not shoot first, and I'm going to change it so that he did shoot first or didn't. Doesn't so that Greedo shot first. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I that was it. He was off and running. I'm going to I'm going to set in stone what I mean. If you really think about it, there was a few lines that illustrated the entirety of the history of the Star Wars. The rise of the Empire, you know, my apprentice was killed by another apprentice. Oh, no, wait, that was actually my, they're the same guy. He's your father, blah, blah, blah. It was a few lines that hinted at things and people's imaginations went wild. And George Lucas said, no, this is mine. I'm going to tell you exactly what this meant. I'm going to tell you A, B, C, and D. This happened, this happened, this happened. Fuck your imaginations. Fuck your theories. Fuck what it means to you. I'm the, this author's not dead. This author's still alive, and he's going to dictate exactly what this is. Almost every prequel that is written by an author is an equal chip. That is my supposition. <clears throat> okay. Well, it's a good thing Disney took over because <laughs> they saved that brand. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I'm not funny? saying it has to be bad. Like, there's parts of the prequel trilogy we've talked about that on, you know, that are that were great from the get go, and then some parts that on a rewatch you're like, well, shit, this is actually better than I remembered it. Like there was a good story there that was just caught up in too much CGI and Jar Jar, but and oh yeah, as a bad as act. The more I know about the world in politics, the more that that <clears throat> made sense. But what is very interesting about what you're talking about right now with George Lucas is um, his first movie, American Graffiti. He he kills the idea of a sequel to American Graffiti. Because he tells you how everybody's going to end up. Yeah. At the very end of the movie, before the credits roll, he tells you how everybody ended up. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought that that was kind of a, like, of course, they're not going to make it a sequel to American Graffiti. I mean, it's a, it it is what it is. Anybody that's seen American Graffiti, (laughs) but not a bad movie, just certainly doesn't deserve a sequel. But not everything does. (laughs) No, not not everything does. But it's just funny how he ends that movie telling you how everybody ended up well like animal house same thing yeah so that's interesting <clears throat> well uh, well i'm well, trying to think i'm trying to think of a good example of something happening in the movie like um there's there's a there's a trick there's a, <clears throat> a storytelling trick where you start the movie uh, stand by me stand by me is a good example you start the movie with present time and a writer who's going to tell you a story and then you go back in time you're watching what he's narrating and then it's like that yeah at the end of the movie it brings you back to the present time and you see how he's ended up that's another one where he basically talks about where everybody ended up yeah, one guy got stabbed or something. I, I spent a lot of time. Yeah, that. you know, none of those. Murder Phoenix get stabbed or something. Yeah, like that. not everybody can end up good. Not everybody can have a good story. That, uh, but but that's kind of a like a little story inside a story. Yeah, and that's what I was. That's a planned narrative, so I wouldn't consider that any kind of sequel, prequel situation. Right. Well, here's what I'm. Uh, 
here's the thing about the prequels, and this is the problem, and we'll keep using George Lucas, but it's also the same thing that's popping up in these, uh, like we talked about, the, the Grindelwald, the Harry Potter prequels. Yep. Is It's a prequel. There's a reason people are going to see this movie, and it's because of the other movies. So what is the maker going to do? They are, <clears throat> they are both, when you make a prequel, you're both handicapped and you're handicapping. So like I talked about, you know, the death of the author, the birth of the audience, you know, you got this beloved franchise, this beloved movies, and the audience is thought of like, oh, this is probably the way it happened. This is probably all these different blanks are being filled in with imagination. And then the prequel comes along and yanks a rug out of all of that. Maybe rightly so, maybe better for everybody, but it does yank the rug out, so it's handicapping. But it's also handicapped because it has to be tied in to the source material, to the original stuff. It has to, or else nobody's going to care. So that's why we get Anakin Skywalker built C-3PO. That's why we get midichlorians. That's why we get Greedo as a kid in the first movie. That's why we get, you know, Boba Fett and Jango Fett for no real good reason. Let's be honest. Yeah. That's why we get all these things, because those are the things that the makers are like, see, this is why it's part of it. This is why it's part of it. This is why it's part of it. Remember? Remember what you liked? Well, this is part of it. Remember that thing you like? Here it is again, but younger, or the origin of it. I do and, really hate the fact that all that stuff is tied together, like, too good. It's it's so con- it's so succinct. You're right. It's, like, so on the nose. And it's and it's ridiculous. And if it were some throwaway things in the background, that would be interesting. That'd be an Easter egg, but not a major fucking plot point. Like, C-3PO was built by Anakin Skywalker. Right, right. <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. So it's handicapped. Like the prequel, they always, always, always feel the need to tie it in. That limits their creativity. That's why prequels have a problem because the best part of any prequel, I don't, I will die on this hill. Any prequel you've ever watched that you said that was pretty good is because of the parts that are original, the parts that were able to be diverged. They were able to be their own thing. So what's the best prequel you can think of? Off the top of your head right now. No pressure. <laughs> no, I, I I can't. I can't think of anything. I'll help you out. It's still in the Star Wars camp. Like, I'm, I'm like reading. Oh, Rogue life. One. There you go. <laughs> Rogue, Rogue One is by far superior to like half of the Star Wars. More than half the space. Yeah, it was a fantastic. All of them. Why was it a fantastic movie? Well, because it ties right in directly. Uh, everybody dies. Uh, like... You can't. Everybody dies. That yeah, exactly you, is what I mean. Yeah, it was spoiler its alert. own thing. Spoiler alert. Yeah, no, right, sorry. But uh, you really can't go. And you know what's great is that prequel is getting a prequel. I exactly. <laughs> and the prequel to this prequel, mark my words, because I'm never wrong about these things. Never. It's going to suck. It's gonna suck. It's gonna. I don't be think so. Off. I disagree with you. I disagree with you. I will put money on it right now. Andor is going to be okay, fantastic. Nope. I will. Okay, I'm, I'll hedge my bets. It will suck unless they learn the lesson and barely tie it in. Like it has almost nothing to do with Rogue One itself. Almost well, nothing. It's. I'll tell you what. They're they're hitching it to a not necessarily a throwaway line, but they're tying it on to a line that he said where. She's being all poo-poo about things and like that he doesn't. Kinky. What's that? Is that kinky? Oh yeah, it's wicked kinky. No, uh, she's kind of accusing him of not knowing what has been sacrificed, and he says, "Bitch, 
I've been sacrificing shit from the beginning. Oh, God, I remember that line. Quote, unquote. <laughs> Bitch, it's you really... don't know shit. And I'm going to show you. So the, I think the prequel to the prequel is going to be about him and his sacri- the things that he's had to sacrifice. And it it might not be like, knock your socks off, great. I'm bound to like it anyway because it's Star Wars and I'm weird that way. But it hasn't even aired yet and the the money-grubbing executives have already greenlit a second season without it even being... I know know that that's like hanging by a thread. That theory (laughs) is seriously hanging by by a thread, but that's the theory I have. A good story is a good story. And if the thing can divorce itself and just be its own thing, fine. But at the same time, it's so cynical because... If they have a good script and a good plot and a good, you know, they got all these things, then just fucking make something actually original. But no, they're like, ah, Star Wars. Yeah, we're just going to, we got, you know, we got to have a, the audience ready to go. We can't yeah. trust that we can actually build something on its own. And that's what I have a problem with. The biggest thing about the prequel sequel problem is how fucking cynical it is because if it's good it could be its own thing just with a little tweaking and if it's not hitching it to the star the actual good thing it's not going to save it so it's always going to have a problem right and that might be a prequel symptom i don't think that's necessarily a sequel problem as much as a prequel problem just because uh if somebody did it right the the star wars sequels could have been like how they were not just meticulously laid out in front of us as perfect is beyond me because i guarantee if they came out with a harry potter sequel where all those kids are grown adults now and they like they would probably go through that with a fine-tooth comb and and give us a fantastic sequel of all the what those people are up to i don't know i've i haven't even seen harry potter (laughs) but i regardless I bet that that the adult population that grew up with Harry Potter would probably turn themselves inside out to watch that five oh, times yeah. in the theater. It would make all the money in the world. Yes. But I would I would probably watch it. I, I don't know. I was I watched all the Harry Potter movies and actually did read the books at least once. No, I did. Yeah, I only read them all one time each. They're fine. I hate young adult as a genre. But I mean the I can't say the books were terrible or anything, but uh, I would still probably watch the sequel just because I'd be curious. And that's why, and that's everybody. And I'm not even the rabid Harry Potter fan. There's people that live and die by these things and they will rewatch it 20 times. Ooh, okay. This is a divergence. I had this thought. I got to share this with you. I just had this the other day. So you know how we, um, it's kind of, this does kind of tie in, I guess, how we kind of like don't like the sequel trilogy. I yeah. had a thought that there was there'd be a way where everybody would hear me out. So you not I mean that ship is sealed. But going forward with the same kind of situation, you have a beloved property, some kind of series that everybody loves. Mm-hmm. Bernstein and Bears. There you go. And they come out with the Bernstein Bear trilogy, and everybody loves it. So five years later, like let's do the Bernstein Bear sequel trilogy. But what do you do? Because you got the sequel problem. You know what this does tie in. So this works. So you got the sequel <laughs> problem. Like, how are we going to please everybody? Everybody has expectations already. What are we going to do? Here's what you do. Let's let's pretend that episode 7, 8, and 9 didn't happen. Okay. And, they, and some studio execs, Disney bought it up, and somebody, like, I was working at Disney, and I was listened to. 
here's yeah. my idea. We're going to write two versions, let's say, of The Last Jedi. We're going to write two versions. We're going to do the Brian Johnson, Kathleen Kennedy passion project version that they did. Woke. I, I, I wasn't going to use that word, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Cancel yes. culture. Cancel culture. There we go. The the Their version. Okay. And then we're going to do the fucking down-in-the-gutter fan service version. Pulp we're going to do Luke Skywalker coming back and kicking everybody's ass with a force and his lightsaber. We're going to do, you know, the shameless fan service crap. We're going to do Yoda reappearing with lightning shooting out of his eyeballs. Whatever. Yep. We're going to do two versions. And we're going to release them both at the same time in theaters. Only in theaters. And we're going to do an ad campaign saying, all right, you, the audience. There's this movie coming out, The Last Jedi. We're going to do The Last Jedi version A and The Last Jedi version B. By ticket sale, at the end of two months, I don't know, whatever the run would be, whichever one has the most ticket sales is canon. And the, the loser gets wiped from continuity. It's just a dream. It's nothing. It's a failed attempt. Ticket sales will determine which one of these two movies is the official version. And that would be... For for the studios, oh my God, they're gonna make a billion dollars because everybody's gonna see this movie at least twice. How would you not? Right. I no, I would movies. go see both movies. Right. And and if you're a rabid fan, you guys you're gonna see version A, then you're gonna see version B, then you're like they just cancel each other out. But I need version B to be the right version, so you're gonna see version B again. So what you have that ticket sale. And if you're what super if it's fan, like you're gonna see it like five times. What if it's like Clue, the movie, 1985? This is how it happened. This is how it could have happened. But what if it happened this way? <laughs> and then you have Tim Curry running around the mansion trying to explain things. As long as we got what's her name in the maid uniform, I'll see how many versions you need to see. Yvette. Yvette, yes. But yes, I had that. That was I, I thought that was a brilliant thing. That, that way you could settle and everybody would have to shut the fuck up afterwards. It's like, you know what? Who cares about Rotten Tomatoes or critics or any of this crap? Definitively. The ticket sales said, which is the real version. Mm-hmm. Everybody wins. The studio makes money hand over fist. They got a money printing machine at that point. And the fans are like, I had a say. They actually, I had a say about the future of this franchise. Brilliant. Somebody hire me. God damn it. <laughs> no, they only want yes men. I'm sit around the boardroom. Trademark and... that idea. The Steve scenario. The Steve, Steam. I don't know. I didn't make it alliterative. They, they the piles uh, principle the piles principle yes uh the matrix could have done with a little of that because oh, yeah. they filmed not multiple versions but they filmed at the same time and then they released a sequel at the beginning of summer and then the sequel to that at the end of the summer mm-hmm. and it wouldn't even be that intensive you could just change a few like most of it could be done in the editing room honestly Change some scenes around, <laughs> shit like that, you know? Make some woman with blue hair fly a ship through another ship. <laughs> and I would just love to be sitting there when Ryan Johnson's like, of course my version's going to win, and my version's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's so profound. And then when it doesn't win, it, oh, they just didn't get it. Yeah, well. <laughs> Death of the author, motherfucker. You got to put it out there and let it happen. Yeah. But yeah, that was I just I I just had that idea the other day. I don't know why I thought it was a great idea. So, anyways, yes. I think that that's a we'll call it the piles principle, and I think it's a good idea. And I would go see <clears throat> both movies, and then I would see the movie I like better a second time. Right. 
like you basically you see you you see this movie three times in a sense but whatever if it's that important to you then you're not gonna mind you know right yeah you would get you would get a crazy amount of people rabid fans like rallying around the one that they want you tell if they're gonna do another sequel trilogy to the star wars you put that out there i guarantee you people will be like fuck yes i'll I'll pay for three tickets i don't care i will totally watch this three times to choose which version is the real version yeah like there's no doubt in my mind and then say once once they're done in the theater the losing one is never going to be seen again we're (laughs) we're burning the film that's right it's going in the disney vault (laughs) we're deleting all of it that would be wonderful so i can illustrate my point actually with almost um objective evidence i looked at two different websites to find the best prequels of all time let me uh let me tell you what's considered a good prequel on this fucking list i can just tell (laughs) so you have the good the bad and the ugly which i don't really i guess it's part of the um dollars trilogy including split westerns from what i understand yeah hang them high they also have uh india jones and the temple of doom I think they're both in the same category where you're like, people don't even realize it's supposed to be a prequel. Exactly. You know, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is does not need to be a prequel. That, yeah, like, I was fully an adult before I even heard that. And I'm like, really? I guess. It doesn't matter. It's not, it's not anything anybody would think of as a prequel. It doesn't bill itself as a prequel at all. You can call him Dr. Jones, lady. <laughs> uh, they have, let's see here, Cruella. Who the fuck cared about Cruella? Nobody. Nobody. Oz the Great and Powerful. Yeah. Once again, it was flash in the pan. Don't be cared. Uh, the Godfather Part Two, and I disagree with them. That is not. That is exactly what we talked about. How in the narrative of the movie you have flashbacks. That's not yeah. a prequel. Agreed. That's not a prequel. Uh, Star Wars Episode Three, the best of the prequel, the three prequels, obviously, and then Rogue One. That one I agree with. That's a good prequel. Alien Covenant is on this list. Ugh. Ugh. And when they even they mention Prometheus and they say it's polarizing. Okay. Well, now I'm going to jump to the defense of Prometheus for just a second. Don't do it. <clears throat> I, I have to because <laughs> recently something has come to light and... Uh, you found out why they can't run sideways? Yes. <laughs> that what happened? <laughs> yep. She didn't know that there was this giant thing she chasing her. She dimensional uh no prometheus has a youtube video uh there's a youtube video that talks about some of the deleted scenes it offers some commentary on the deleted scenes and you you actually get like uh when the engineer wakes up and just decides to go batshit and kill everybody there's there's a longer deleted scene and it's translated what the engineer says and what his intentions were (laughs) <laughs> and it actually it actually makes things make a little bit more sense of why he was flying to Earth to kill everybody. And was I it think, the Civil War thing that they kind of floated at one point? I don't know. Yeah, it yes. So I'm gonna mis misrepresent it and it's gonna even sound even stupider. So I <laughs> just so he talks about sending Jesus as Oh a, yeah. Yeah. And Ridley Scott said that. Yeah. And how we killed Jesus, so we're not worthy. So he was returning to kill us all. So wait, so this engineer woke up and said, Jesus killers, and just started beating ass? Yeah, yeah. 
So I, I take it back. That would have been awesome. <laughs> I'm like, the internet, I go, Jesus killers. And he just starts whooping. I'm like, yeah, okay. This is badass. This is the craziest <laughs> fucking thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, no, I think that Prometheus and Covenant both were not necessarily bad stories or ideas, just not executed properly. Eh. It was a missed opportunity. It was for me, the biggest problem with those two movies was the rabid plot holes. Just, no part of those scripts made sense at all from start to finish. Right. Well, I mean, it right all out. it does for me was is it, it extends the narrative that the Whalen Yutani Corporation wanted a species of alien that uh, they could weaponize and mm-hmm. also study for its life giving property or life extending properties. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. That's for me the entire alien franchise is about this evil corporation that is trying to do those things weaponize a species and extend their life that's it that's what it's all about the first one's about that the second one's about that the third one's about that the prequels are about that i think the fourth one's about that yeah and for a second i forgot that existed and now you're an asshole for reminding me that it exists (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> it's such a bad movie i still think the fourth one's better than the third one I, that's that's a low bar but i i will still say that you like the fourth one better than the third one yes Ugh. the third one was awful it was so bad the fourth one was not good it's like, i think okay, i think the third one was the third one was good enough for me it, it not did good. not meet my expectations it was trying too hard to be a dark movie like that they i don't know Ugh. i the fourth one was bad really really bad it was, but so was the third, and in my book, worse. Like I'm not saying I like the fourth one. Don't don't put words in my mouth. Don't yeah, I just put, did. Don't, don't, don't you put that on me. <laughs> what are we gonna do now? <laughs> Game over, man. Yeah, I just watched. Sorry, but it just reminded me one of the Korean shows I just watched was this whole thing where they go to the moon to a lab on the moon that's been it's it's standard sci-fi. The people that were there before all got wiped out, so the rescue team has to go find out what's going on. And take back samples. So of course there's like backstabbing and corporate greed, and but they find a survivor, a little girl, and is right from the get go, I'm sitting there like, so this is nude on steroids, because like, she's like kind of <laughs> badass. And at one point, I like fuck you, I fucking kid you not, the uh, handsome guy in charge gives the woman protagonist a locator wristwatch, which she promptly gives to the girl. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, at this point. They're not, they're not well, anymore. Koreans have never seen aliens. Yeah, so. true, I guess, right? <laughs> it's an homage. It's not a ripoff. So, okay, so they keep going on the list. The Thing. Yes. The 2011 Thing. Yes. That I liked. I thought that was good because that was, they weren't reinventing the wheel. They were literally just filling in a shit ton of the blanks. And they were incredibly clever in the way they ended the newer yeah. one and how it ties into the beginning of the older one. Right. Like with the dog. It, was, it felt like a big, yeah, the, it was exactly the last scene in the prequel was the first scene in the actual thing. The first thing was a far superior movie, but I did like the prequel for itself because it resisted the urge to, to try to be like clever about it. It was mm-hmm. like every scene that they had was exactly the scene from the, the thing. Like this is how, this is where it was. Boom, gotcha. Yep. But uh, so Wonder Woman, they're calling a prequel to 
because it's a prequel to Justice League and Batman Superman. Eh. Still haven't seen it. The original Wonder Woman? Oh, no, I've seen the original Wonder Woman. I haven't seen 1984. Yeah, me neither. I haven't heard anything good, so I haven't. But, yeah, the original Wonder Woman, I guess technically it could be considered a prequel, but that was its own thing. I mean, it, it had almost no tie into the original stuff. Uh, X-Men First Class, once again, that wasn't even just a prequel. That was a reboot, technically. And then, yeah, some random stuff. Like, their prequels, list of greatest prequels of all time, are a collection of ultimately very forgettable movies. And that's what I'm saying. That's what my point is. Good prequels are almost non-existent. Seriously. Like, you can you can go down and you can count on one hand. Prequels that you watch are like, these are this is a great movie. Yet they keep getting made again and again and again and again. You remember why you liked that movie that you spent so much money to see? Mm-hmm. We're going to show you something about it. It's the cynical cash grab. That's it. Those... And I've been harping on the prequels. There's a little bit about the sequels too. Like it's its own. They have its own problem. But we've we've all seen plenty of sequels that are like great. So it's hard to put that in the same issues. But there is problems with sequels. Uh, like they just a bad sequel will be because they try to copy the plot of the original movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's the thing you liked, we're gonna do exactly the same fucking thing again. Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much all the Lethal Weapons. Well, all all these. Like Die Hard, Die Hard 2, Die Hard say Die Hard. I mean, it's, they're all kind of, you know, kind of the same thing. Although there is a little contention. I've, I have had recently a discussion with somebody that they didn't like the second Die Hard, but they did like the third Die Hard. And I really like the second Die Hard. I remember liking the second Die Hard, but I barely, like, the original Die Hard I've probably seen like five, six times at least. Yeah. All the sequels, I know I haven't seen all the sequels, and the ones I did see... Like straight up one time. Yeah. Well, the second one, he's at the airport in Washington, D.C. Yeah. And well, I don't want to spoil it for anybody that <laughs> might watch it. But the uh, the bad guys are the good guys in the uh, movie. About two thirds of the way through, you find out they were the bad guys the whole time. Mm-hmm. And they were using uh, airline crash as a ruse to make off with the goods. <clears throat> His name and, is not Hans Gruber. No. <laughs> and they had grenades that lasted for about 10 minutes. But whatever. I will never forget that part. Whatever. <laughs> that was great. But yeah, yeah, so you have something like that where they don't change it all. Then you have the opposite problem when they go way, like uh, the Matrix sequels, for example. The, the original Matrix was a phenom. It was like, holy crap, that was like a, like since Star Wars, you hadn't seen something take the whole world by storm. So of course what they do, they went right back in and said, we're going to do everything times 10. And it was just a giant but, mess. But you remember how you liked everything in the Matrix? <laughs> We're not doing that. We're going to do everything outside the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, boring. Yeah, this guy that's a computer program, he's going to possess a real dude somehow. Don't ask why. Don't ask yeah. how. Did you yeah, see the I, new one? No, I haven't seen it. I, yeah, don't bother. It's not that good. Yeah, that's kind of what I heard. So I was going to just let it lie. It's, you know, if you, if you happen to come across it, and you have nothing else to watch, it's free, you know, fine. It's not the worst thing in the world, but you're just sitting there like, eh, all right, I got you. Mm. It was it was basically almost a remake of the original. I mean, it would hit all the same notes. Well, okay, so that brings up a, an interesting topic about prequels and sequels. What about reboots? You mentioned X-Men rebooting, but what about an actual reboot like Dune? Isn't there something to be said about newer technology? Yeah, I 
I don't know. I feel weird about reboots because, like, probably better than a sequel for the most part. As if it, if enough time has passed since the original, let's let's be honest. All these decades gap sequels that have come out, like uh, like the new Matrix or like um, fuck Super Troopers two or Dumb and Dumber two or like there's this been the whole rash of these sequels that have been coming out many 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 years after the original and they're not good. None of them. None of them are good. Ghostbusters. So okay. But that's but not tech- time, that's a that's a sequel. The, the Ghostbusters reboot, where they did the all-female cast. <laughs> well, the new one, the new Ghostbusters, I did like, but at the same time, it was its own thing, except for a cameo at the. Did you see it? Yes. So, spoiler alert: except for a cameo at the end of the movie, it was its own thing. It, yeah. Yes, technically a sequel, but honestly, it felt more like a reboot. Um, Judge Dredd, Robocop. Yes. Uh, term, uh, Punisher. Punisher War Journal was really good. Uh, RoboCop reboot sucked ass. Yes, it did. It was really bad. Total Recall sequel was pretty bad. Or reboot, I mean. Yeah. But I, I did like Dread. Yeah, Dread was good. The Carl Urban one was really good. The Sylvester Stallone one was a joke. <laughs> I have not seen any of the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I, I don't know why, but I did see the first one. It was crap. It was a Michael Bay CGI crap fest. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. Don't don't bother. I mean, it's got Will Arnett in it, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> Megan Fox. Yeah, it also doesn't matter. She doesn't get naked or anything, so who cares? <laughs> I mean, geez, let's be honest. Um, how about Dawn of the Dead? How about Halloween? And some of these, like, this is why I'm a little more forgiving for reboots. The, what is it, 2018 Halloween? I thought that was pretty good. That Zack Snyder, Dawn of the Dead was pretty good. Um, and half the movies, I mean, my God, The Thing was a... Well, if you want to differentiate, if you want to or lump them together, remake, reboot, however you want to look at it. Put them in one big category. Yeah, the original thing, you know, the Kurt Russell thing, is a remake. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't poo-poo remakes that much. Some of my favorite movies were remakes, but I've, I'm more for even sequels is more cynical. Like, yeah, a remake is a cash grab, but a sequel is way more cynical, way more cutthroat cash grab. Right. And it's not, hey, we're going to update this for a new generation. It's we're going to bring back this thing that you loved and you yeah. will still love it and still give us your money from it. Well, like I said, Die Hard was a remake. Uh, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, Ocean's Eleven is a remake. Then they remade it again with an all-female cast. Yeah, Ocean's Eight. <laughs> is that what they call it? I didn't even see it. Yeah, I think it was Ocean. It was called Ocean's Eight. Yeah, I didn't see the Ghostbusters one either, the female Ghostbusters. Maybe they, were, just, I'm like a they were a couple head. of really good one-liners. But other than that, no. which really sucks because every single one of those actresses is funny. Well, that's this is the heart of my whole topic is when you do prequels and sequels, you hobble yourself. You are handicapped. You are stuck in a preconceived mold. You you feel like you have to throw in the beats. You know, this is a thing. Remember this. Remember that. Remember this. Oh, hey, here's more of it. Right. And you're ruining talent. You know, you're misusing what you have. So my verdict, sequels can be good. It's a hard road, but you can do it. It is like finding a goddamn unicorn to find a good prequel. Mm-hmm. It really is. Favorite sequel? Aliens. <laughs> okay. Did you have to ask? I did. I did have to ask. But now that you've said it, I, I feel like I should have known it. I mean, I don't, like I said before, I don't count planned trilogies or anything like that as a sequel. Even though technically they fit the definition of sequel, I don't count that as, you know, 
most people think of when they think sequel. Sure. This does it does remind me though, and I I did touch on it how J.K. Rowling, like I said, she has run out of ideas. Like you talk about these little prequel things she wrote, the tiny little books. I think people have a certain amount of creativity in them, or at least a certain amount of creativity when it comes to one thing they focus on. You know, she might have she might be creative as shit if she writes a whole new series that has nothing to do with Harry Potter. But she has said what she could say about Harry Potter. Like there was there's these series of book called the Hyperion Canto, these sci-fi books. They're written by um Dan Simmons, who I, you might have heard of. Uh no. he wrote that he I think he wrote the book that they made the TV show out of that you love so much with the ship that got stuck in the ice in the Arctic and the thing hunting the people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember you saying how great that was. Oh yeah. First episode was fantastic. Yeah, that, I didn't even finish it. I watched that. That's all I watched. I think it was like the first two. Well, let's just say a guy poisons himself, so the blood, so the poison courses through his body because everybody's resorting to cannibalism. So he poisons <laughs> <Wow>. himself <laughs> to poison the people that eat him. I like it actually. That's cool. <laughs> so I don't care if I die. I'm taking you fuckers with me. Yep, he does it on purpose. But anyway, he wrote this thing called the Hyperion Can. Four books. The first one he wrote in 89, and then the second one he wrote in 90. Those first two books are some of the best sci-fi I've ever read. They are, if, if anybody has any kind of interest in sci-fi whatsoever, I cannot recommend Hyperion and the Fall of Hyperion enough. They are amazing books. I was riveted. And then six years later, in 1996, he comes out with two more books, Endymion and the Rise of Endymion, that are set, I forget, I want to say like 100 years later, something like that. And... In and of themselves, they're not bad books. But he went in, and I will always be convinced of this. He went in and flipped what he'd already written. It's like he took a six-year hiatus and said, "Nah, I'm not satisfied with this. And rewrote these two books to almost upend what he'd already written. Really? Like, there's this central character called the Shrike. It's this mysterious being that kidnaps people and impales them on this tree of pain where they howl in agony for, like, years, and, like, this wicked, horrible, monstrous thing. And then he comes back, and the thing's a fucking good guy, and is protecting, like, a bodyguard, the main protagonist. And I'm like, what? He made one of the best monsters in all of sci-fi, and then turned it into a pussy little bodyguard. Now, the story is... Just like Cthulhu. Yeah, I know, like a plushie (laughs) or something. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He got all cuddleized. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Everybody's got their Cthulhu stuffed animals and pillows and. I mean, I got a Cthulhu bobblehead thing. What are those things called? Yeah, whatever. I can't. I can't Funko say. Funko pops. Yeah, the Funko thing. That's right. Well, do you I mean, cuddle it with it? It was a gift. I didn't. But yeah, yeah, it's it's pop culture shit. You know, you got Cthulhu right. Hello Kitty shit. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but this guy did it to his own creation, and it bugged me. And it's like that's what I, in my mind. This is what the principle of death of the author really means, is know what you want to say about it and say it, and then let it go. If you ever get to the, if, if you're as a creator, ever get to the point where you want to revisit your creation, fight that fucking urge. Just fight <laughs> it. Lock yourself in a closet, bang your head against the wall, do whatever you have to to fight that urge. Well, if you feel those creative juices flowing, divert it to something else. Start up a whole new mythology or whatever. Don't go back to what you did. Don't revisit. Don't do it. It's if not going to work if out. If everybody did never that, works out. we would have been robbed of the, it's Palpatine. Somehow he returns. 
that would have been stolen from us. Somehow. I mean, he said it was such gravitas. Somehow. Yeah. Palpatine's back. And you're sitting in the theater going, okay, how? Nope. Yeah. Fuck you. You'll never find out. He's yeah. back. It's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. And he's going to destroy all these ships with lightning. Mm-hmm. I, well, you know, I will still feel bad about Rise of the Skywalker. That was a movie that had to do the work of two movies. Yes. Yeah. for that. But that leads to a discussion we've had way too many times. So. Uh-huh. All right, so so we're thumbs up. We're thumbs halfway up for sequels, thumbs down for prequels. Well, let me ask you something. Maybe it's blasphemy. Maybe I shouldn't say this out loud. What did you think of the Boba Fett show? Uh, so the, I liked the Boba Fett show because it's Star Wars. Okay. I thought that it was written by uh, maybe a second or third grade classroom <laughs> that couldn't make up their mind. It, it was it suffered greatly and like it was cool like really really cool in a lot of parts and really really dumb to, like two extreme ends of the spectrum i yeah. yep there were some scenes when when he gets his ship and then he's chasing those guys with the ship and blasting them the the train heist kind of thing was kind of cool the fact that he's negotiating with the the Tuscan Raiders and stuff like that, there were some cool scenes, but like ninety percent of that show was a joke, an absolute joke. The the mod gang needed to go. <laughs> I hated them. I yeah. hated them. No, they were the uh, they were the youth access. Ugh. You know, they were they were the young people. The you know this how they grab the new audience on the, the slow moving Power Ranger. Vespas. <laughs> Man, I just I barely remember anything from that show because I was that bored watching it. No part of that show did anything for me. The best episodes were the ones that he wasn't in, and they still weren't that good of episodes. Yeah. You know, uh but so I don't I don't I don't know. I guess I'm not sure why I brought that up other than to say sometimes sequels they come out behind the eight ball because if you know it's a sequel, you're gonna come into an expectation. So my expectation was going to be The Sopranos with Star Wars, you know? Yeah. Like a gangster movie with Star Wars. Like, good Godfather, but Star Wars. Well, like, he was going to be a bad guy, but the bad guy you root for. He was introduced that way at the end of The Mandalorian. He comes in in an after-credit right. scene, and he just blasts his way in. And Bib Fortuna is sitting there, and he's like, I'm taking this from you. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just, it was just not good. And that's, and that's some of the problem with sequels. Like prequels have the, they're handicapped because they're, they gotta fit a frame. Sequels will have more freedom, but you better come, you better deliver. Like you, there's no forgiveness because people are walking into it with preconceived notions straight out. They're walking, nobody's gonna walk into a sequel going, I'm gonna keep my mind blank and I'm gonna just let it be. No, they're like, oh, I wonder if this is gonna happen. I think this is gonna happen. Like the new. Even though it's not technically a sequel, but the new Batman movie, it worked out. But I walked into it thinking this is going to be Batman. This is going to be a seven remake using Batman. And I was right. But it worked. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Still haven't seen it. Yeah, well, you should. God I damn. will. What's I wrong? will eventually. All right. Have we said That's all what we I gotta need to say about that? <laughs> Have we said everything we need to say about prequels and sequels? Yeah, don't make prequels. Just stop. Just I would be happiest if they'd stop making prequels and t- Having said that, I'm gonna watch the fucking Obi Wan show. I, I I don't care, whatever. I'm definitely watching the Obi Wan show. We're all morons. We're all the we're the reason. 
I can bitch and moan, but I'm still going to feed them my fucking money, and they're going to keep doing it. You want to do some trivia? Yeah, I got I got a couple trivia tidbits. All right. I am I am going to turn my light on. <laughs> Too much high strain, old man. Well, I'm I'm sitting in the dark with Die Hard playing here. Hmm. So I have the Trivial Pursuit Family Edition. Oh yeah, the cards. So yeah, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna offer you. I can give you <laughs> the on. children's or the adults. Yeah. Questions for children. You can pick one question from the adult, or you can pick an entire card of the children's question. What would you like? As you know, I got, I got, I need the challenge. Give me the, give me the adult. I want the adult. All right, pick a color. Not sports. I don't remember what the colors are. Blue is people and places. Pink is entertainment. Yellow history. Brown is science and nature. Green is, I believe, <clears throat> sports and leisure. And orange. Me, I'm gonna be real cerebral. Give me, give me a brown. Huh? Yeah. Science and nature. This is the lamest question that you could have picked. <laughs> <laughs> I got a talent. Which contains more than twice as much vitamin C as the other? Bell peppers or oranges? That's the adult one? Yeah. Okay, I want to say oranges, but it seems way too obvious. I fucking oranges. No, it's Trivial Pursuit. You always go with the opposite of what the, the less, obvious the answer obvious is. One. Bell peppers. Bell peppers have more twice as much vitamin C. Twice as, as much vitamin C oranges. than oranges. Uh, bullshit. I'm gonna... No, bullshit. It's wrong. I'm right. <laughs> I have spoken. What state's motto, according to Joel McNally, should be eat cheese or die? Wisconsin? Yeah. <laughs> What's the blue what? one? What's the blue one? What state? That's That was the, oh. the blue one. Uh, what NFL team has fans nicknamed the Dog Pound? I would have got that all day. Dog I don't know. Raiders. Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Fine. Whatever. Stupid sports. Got me every time I play Trivial Pursuit. Ah. Uh. The children's questions are awful. <laughs> Who has starred in Commando, Running Man, and Red Heat? It's funny because there's a guy that's in Running Man who's also in another Schwarzenegger movie, but it, eh, whatever. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> mm, it's not a tumor. Man. Jim Belushi. I get those two mixed up all the time. He's a Red Heat. Is it Red Heat or Raw Deal? The fuck's wrong? Raw Deal was Schwarzenegger. Playing a Russian, I'm pretty sure. That was Red Heat. I think this it was is Red. 86, Raw Deal. Is that the, was that the Russian one? No, Red Heat was the Russian one, but yeah. Raw yeah. Deal, when efforts to prosecute mob boss Luigi Petrovita <laughs> are repeatedly derailed thanks to a mole in the FBI, the only choice is to bring in an outsider, specifically Mark Kaminsky, who's played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, a Mark. disgraced agent who leaps at a chance for reinstatement. After FBI Chief Shannon, whatever, gives him his orders, Kaminsky fakes his death and re, uh, reemerges as an ex-con named Brenner. Undercover and accountable to no one, the former Fed tears up the mob from the inside. Bum, bum, bum. One of the lesser well-known ones. And I, yeah, and I feel like he played, like played a russian like an f a disgraced fbi agent because you know it was the 80s and russia was the bad guy oh yeah plus but, his accent you could say yeah that's totally russian why not yeah he's, he's <laughs> russian remember how i told you i was gonna kill you last Hello. 
Uh, whatever. I'm I'm gonna have to watch that movie again. I'm gonna have to put that on the list. I Red Heat. I think I maybe saw that one once in the theater. That was that was it. I'm sure I saw that on VHS. We got it all. All right. Want to hear? Let's see. I got a couple. Okay. What were chainsaws originally invented for? Sculpting ice. In a sense. Cutting through ice. It depends on how. Cutting holes. Cutting holes in ice. Childbirth. But if she was frigid. Eh, see where I'm going? Okay. No, childbirth. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, I don't even. I can't even picture that. That's insane. All right. In 2015, a former chief of the FBI's elite serial crime unit estimated that there are between what number of active serial killers in the United States at any given time? Between what number and what number? Active serial killers at any given time. Oh, it's something ridiculous. By the way, serial crimes unit, Agent Lucky Charm. Mm -hmm. Serial crimes. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I hate myself that I didn't get that that quick. Uh, I'm going to say like 1,000 to 2,000. Holy crap, you live in a bleak, bleak world. <laughs> 100 Not, to 200. Still too high. <laughs> 6 to 20. You went, you made a choice there. You, sure did. You course corrected nobody's business. Between 25 and 50. Active serial killers. Maybe there's some retired ones out there. Right. There's like 1,050 retired serial killers out there. So that's mm-hmm. what we're right Yep. Over. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's scary. I mean, serial killer, you think, oh, that's not that many, but shit, that's people that are getting away with it. Yeah, and I mean, and not all serial killers are the, the ones that are portrayed in the media. I think that there are gang members. That, I was going to say, yeah, technically a gangbanger that's good at it is a serial killer, too. So yeah, you always think, you know, put them in the basement, chop their fingers off and use them as dice or some shit like that. <laughs> that's what you always think of. That's what I always think. Back to the childbirth thing. Have you seen... The, <laughs> the patent for the centrifugal force childbirth machine. No, but that sounds so great. I am yeah. picturing it right now. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. They they didn't make it because it was a little oh. bit too traumatic for the child. But there's a. It's like some catcher's mitt just. Run. No, it's they like uh, or they have a ring of people catcher's mitts around it, just so yeah, it's, no matter which way like they this, are rotating hospital bed and fuck oh man we really need to work on this patent no mrs jones the good news is we don't charge you for this (laughs) (laughs) oh man (laughs) all right um you should know this and if you don't you're gonna be wildly disappointed a tomato plant in disney's epcot center broke a world record in 2016 for producing how many tomatoes I don't know that, but I do know that they grow their own tomatoes, and there's a ride called The Land, and you can ride through it, and it shows you all their hydroponics, and it shows you all of their techniques, and it actually shows you how they grow pumpkins into Mickey shapes. And you didn't count? You didn't count the number of tomatoes? You could see all this, and you didn't count the tomatoes? I'm going to say 20. That's a number. It's an incorrect number, but it is a number. What is the correct number? 32,000. <laughs> Whoa! So it's a little ambiguous. It doesn't say if that's over its lifetime and hit 32,000 in 2016 or for 32,000 in that year. I don't know. I was thinking all at once. That would be. I want to see just this fucking plant 
start throwing tomatoes all over the place like a howitzer or something like a centrifugal baby making machine yes baby delivery machine centrifugal yes. baby making machine sounds awesome too though <laughs> <laughs> hang on baby <laughs> you yeah. gotta earn it <laughs> you're in for a wild ride yeah fuck it came out again and then the opposite is true they've got a patent for a roller coaster that kills you okay using centrifugal force uh did yeah it's it? uh it's called, I can't remember what it's called. It's called like the death dive or something. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's like somebody brought it up as an alternative to the uh, lethal injection. You know what? Do you give me a choice? You know, just sit there in a chair and get poked or like have like one giant last thrill to die. I would take the thrill. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a roller coaster and it's got like, it starts really, really high and it's got like 10 or maybe six loops. And each loop gets smaller. And by the time you get to the last loop, my God. it drains like your brain of all blood or something. It's like it kills you. You don't know. Like by the by like the third loop. Yeah, you're I was going to say, you would have had to pass out way before that. <clears throat> I'm going to look it up. <laughs> all right. I got one last one. I'm trying to think how to word this. Okay. 99% of this popular flavor of products from vodka to cookies. Is all false advertising technical? What flavor do you think that is? Grape. No. Grape okay. cookies? I've never had a grape cookie. I'm not going to lie. Well, I, I know that the grape-flavored things that we have are not grape. Like, purple Kool-Aid is, they call it grape, but it <laughs> doesn't represent a grape in any way, shape, or form. That's a good point. I never but, thought about that, but it doesn't actually take, like, a real grape. So, cookies to, like, whipped cream, kind of... Whipped cream would be in there. It's like one of those popular flavors on the planet. Vanilla. Vanilla. Yes. Comes from a beaver's taint. That maybe the one, the stuff we eat. Because it says vanilla is technically the world's second most expensive spice. So all the things we eat that are vanilla flavored aren't actually from real vanilla. I don't know what it actually is from. It doesn't say, but not actual vanilla. So just think the next time you eat vanilla ice cream, you don't know what the fuck you put in your mouth. No, it could actually. It might be bad for you. Well, uh, vanilla, fake vanilla flavor comes from beaver butts. Yeah, hell yeah. That's not bad for you though. Or beaver bladders, something like that. So it's called the euthanasia coaster. <laughs> Puts the youth back in euthanasia. <laughs> and let's see, mechanism of action. The euthanasia coaster would kill its passengers through prolonged cerebral hypoxia or insufficient supply of oxygen to the brain. The ride's seven inversions would inflict 10G on its passengers for 60 seconds, causing G-force-related symptoms starting with gray out with tunnel vision to blackout and eventually G-lock. Subsequent inversions or another run of the coaster would serve as insurance against unintentional survival of more robust passengers. <laughs> so, yes, Is it's the euthanasia nope, coaster. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. That's awesome. If, if you had a choice, firing squad, electric chair, lethal injection, or roller coaster, how do you want to die? I know. There's no choice. There's the, Who's not going to say roller coaster? Ah. Maybe somebody that's like, I'm afraid of heights. And I would totally request like the greasiest, heaviest last meal ever. So I can just keep <laughs> that shit everywhere. Just like a fire hose all the way around. Yeah. You're going to get it on you, motherfuckers. <laughs> Although, at the very least, whoever removes my dead body is going to have to, like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> It's like the poison for cannibals type. Of, it's the whole same principle. 
I suppose that there are people that would take advantage of the euthanasia coaster that aren't uh, on death row. I yeah. can see it as an assisted suicide. Method, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, like a suicide thing. Yeah. Then you wouldn't it's, want to. You'd probably want to be as nice to the people as possible that are, you know, I'm not going to eat a lot. You know, my final <laughs> meal will probably yeah, be well, like it depends on what teens. kind of person you were in life. If you were a dick in life, then what's going to stop you from being a dick? Yeah, I suppose. You know? Well, anyway. Yeah. Suicide. Suicide by roller coaster. As varied as people. Apparently, it's been in popular culture. Ooh, I got something I just saw. What's the only part of your reflection that you can lick? Your tongue? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there we go. <laughs> Wait a second. Like, <laughs> think about it. Was that was that a written question, or are you just curious? I just saw. I came across. And I was like, oh yeah, that's funny. <laughs> the only part of your reflection that you can lick is your tongue. What's the only part of your body you can mushroom stamp? <laughs> What's the only know, part of your okay. reflection? I haven't thought about it. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, have to try. I'll, I'll experience. Right. All right. You well, literally just keep getting cock blocked the entire time. <laughs> Man, would you just keep moving your dick? God damn it, quit touch it again. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say adieu. All right. And I've been thinking about this <laughs> since the very beginning of the podcast. I am Tom Spunkmeyer with a <laughs> nice saying, dip me in your Monday milk. Where's Bowski? <laughs> uh, my face, I can't. I can't watch that without just going, where's Bowski? <laughs> so he is in, we found him in a bunch of shows. He he was in something we watched recently, and my wife was like. Spunkmeyer? No, uh, it was Bowski. And um, she's like, God, he's so familiar. I said, that's Wisbowski. <laughs> Who? So Wisbowski. I had to show her. But he's been in a bunch of stuff. Like, I think he is in Lethal Weapon two when they bring the guy up they tell him they're painting now look i really only remember one thing from lethal weapon two and it wasn't where's bowski yeah it was the uh the scene in the trailer maybe look we don't have to go into it (laughs) no uh oh that's not him oh shit where is where's bowski where's bowski is a different guy. That's too bad. I always think about when she he screams that, doesn't he? Hicks does, I think. Yeah, and I always thought it was because he goes. Yeah. No, no. Frost is the one that blows up. He has all the ammo and catches on fire and shit. Oh. I think. You know, I'm gonna have to watch it again. I thought that was the That's, sergeant. Yeah, just gonna have to. Gonna have to watch it again. Sergeant's grabbed. I think. I don't know. Maybe Sergeant's <clears throat> shit. I think I know this. Oh well. Yeah, so, my favorite sequel. I know. Gee, that's shame to myself. So anyway, I guess this guy, this guy, he's uh, Lethal Weapon 2, Aliens, sequels. You're Spock Meyer. That's the important thing. Yes. That's the takeaway. Um, who the hell am I? I am Bob, Pile Principal Scully. <laughs> I'll, I'll accept that. Principally Pile Scully. <laughs> and... Oak Nuggets. Get me in your Monday milk. All right, see you later. Goodbye.